Angela. <laughs> Angela, can't you see that they're kissing? Leave them alone. They're having a moment. They're he just told her, like, this is the real you. And they were about to kiss. Like, were kiss- their lips were pressed together. And Angela comes in for her freaking shoes. But we do love most music, except for you, Spinnerbait, that is listened to while driving through a car wash because it does make it sound better. Again, except for Spinnerbait. You suck always. <laughs> I'm Bethany. Yes. We hate Spinnerbait every second, yeah, even every in second. the even in the car wash. Even in the car wash, they would not sound good. Um, I'm Bethany. With me, mm-hmm. as always, is Michael Ann. Michael Ann, how are you today? You are less than a month away from being married. You're you're in the end game now. You're almost about to cross the cross the finish line. How good do you feel about almost being done planning a wedding? Oh my god, I'm so happy. I have my guest book in the Sharpies in my Amazon cart. I'm ordering them tomorrow. And I yes. am so close to being done, y'all. Oh god. I mean, I'm excited. So I love my future husband and that's going to be fun, but oh the planning the planning the planning one day it will all be a very happy memory and you'll look back at these beautiful pictures and you'll have a lovely husband but right now it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot so i guess i should recap yeah us. do it let's remember where were we so we left off with um I almost called Annabelle Mallory with Annabelle getting ready for the Lakeview Mall fashion show. Um, Mallory is Owen's little sister and she's like obsessed with Annabelle, um, which is kind of cute. Then we have her and Owen's friendship is blossoming and becoming something it's really, different. It's really made her. It is really blossoming. We've he's made her a bunch of CDs to listen to because he wants her to be into music and like show her the the ways of the world. And uh, Whitney is in a new therapy um, where she is working on her eating disorder. We're gonna see some updates with that during this reading. And Kirsten is about to show a movie in for her film class, which is pretty dope. Uh, mom is still insane. Yeah, that's fair. And that's, I feel like that's a good recap. That is. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. This is Just Listen. We are here. We're reading it. We're listening. And we're having a time. We have three super meaty, super good, but also difficult chapter streets. So I'm excited to get into it. Um, This is the advice I have for any of you who maybe when rereading this or listening to this, 
if you were like, yeah, I'm a little, that's difficult subject matter, but I'm not like triggered. So I feel comfortable reading it or listening. This is what I've started to do now at work when people start saying triggering things around me. Um, I think I've mentioned before on the pod, maybe I haven't. I've at least mentioned Michael Ann. Some of my coworkers have some opinions uh, that I don't agree with. I did kind of move into the Bible Belt, so, you know, I should expect it, but still. Mm-hmm. Georgia was blue last election, y'all, Same. okay? And I live in a progressive area of Georgia, but still, you're going to encounter people. And a lot of times, for some odd reason, some very transphobic things come up uh, from some of the people in my office. Mm-hmm. And today, we got into it again before lunch, and then it was like just – overall weird very kind of anti lgbt very homophobic uh homophobic transphobic all the phobics it was it was getting weird and i just couldn't i was i was having issues just sitting there biting my tongue my hand was like shaking and i was like i'm just gonna transport myself to the eras tour for a little bit i'm just gonna mentally (laughs) think of the vigilante shit chair dance i'm gonna be there and i'm not gonna be part of this conversation because i can't handle this conversation right now so i'm gonna go there in my mind and then i talked to my mom about it at lunch a little bit because i was like okay this is what was said today for lunch and i just have to go in an office and work with these people but so yeah that's my advice if at any point mm. you're reading this book and you're just like wow i can't handle this just mentally go to the air store for like a minute and then like check back in to just listen so there you go it'll get you through everyone it'll get you through yeah i like that <laughs> i like that And it's wild what people will talk about in the workplace as well. It's like, we're at work. Like, why is this even, how has this even come up? Like, twice now, things have come up that I'm like, how did this even, like, come up? Why are we talking about this? Like, why do you think that's okay? Like, like, we all don't know each other well enough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't know anything about me. I could be trans. I could be related to someone who's trans. Like, I could support trans people, which I do. Like, why would you just say, like, why is it okay when you're anti-something? You know, like, those are the people that are always like, they're pushing the agenda. Are you not pushing an agenda right now? Like, you're allowed to say what you want, but, like, people who are fighting for their right to live can't say what they want? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's just, like, gets to the point sometimes where it's just, like, fucking sad. Like, you can't just, like, want to support other people. other people human beings who are just living their lives (laughs) right like these people are just trying to live their lives like normal people and you're like uh, putting them in danger it's like what like how is that it's like there's no fucking logic whatsoever so i just can't even like get on the same page i'm like this doesn't affect you this isn't your life and I should probably get into my podcast. Yeah, we should probably we should probably do that. Who knows how much <laughs> of that y'all heard? Who knows what made you edit? But <laughs> chapter ten, baby. Oh yeah. So her mom and dad went to Charleston for the weekend, and mom cannot relax. She's like obsessed with making sure Whitney's okay. I will say that she's not obsessed with making sure both of her daughters are okay. She's Just obsessed saying. with making sure Whitney is okay. But anyway um it's fine though <laughs> it's it's fine um it's fine so she orders pizza for her and whitney okay before we get into the ordering of the pizza this first page of chapter 10 i put a question mark at the end of it of the sentence because she says 
I sat up just as Whitney passed my room and padded down the stairs to answer it. After brushing my teeth, I followed her. In your room? You're brushing your teeth in your room? And, okay, I'm assuming it probably means she has, like, an, you know, an ensuite. Like, she's in her bathroom in her room. But the phrasing of that sentence, I was like, what? <laughs> and I, I couldn't let that lie. You brushed your teeth to go downstairs and eat pizza? To eat dinner. I also thought that was weird. I was like, wait a minute. This whole thing is that you guys ordered pizza and you're get- the food is going to be here. And right before you eat, you would – what? No, that makes any sense to me. No. Zero mm-hmm. sense. But you know what, girl? You Live do your you, life. Girl. Live your dreams. You do you. You do you. Oh, and who's the delivery boy? It's Owen. Owen. I was hoping it would be him because I honestly couldn't remember because it's been a minute since I've read this book. But the second she was like, oh, we'll order pizza. I was like, oh, you know who delivers pizza? (laughs) And sure enough. There he is. He's talking to Whitney about music. And he seems to be impressed with Whitney's um, thoughts. Thoughts on music. Yeah. Uh, They're like a deep. Also, let's see. Her. The pizza was 11. I also highlighted that. (laughs) I was like, in what world? I know. In what world? So she gives him $15. So that's a $3 tip. Yeah. Technically. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I would say about $3 tip. So that's 20%, I guess. No, it's yeah, not. So she did good. Is, Is it? it? No. Wait. I don't know. I should be better at this. If it was, we'll round it up to about $12. I think that's 20%. Or is that? Hold on. I'm literally doing this on a calculator now, y'all, because that is how tired my brain is. Mm-hmm. Same. It's a little over 20%, actually. 20% okay. would be $2.40. So she tipped him a little bit more. Which I respect that. Always round up. Like, I hate people that, like, round down. They're like, well, it's close to 20%. I'm like, yeah, but then it wasn't. Round up. Or they take the tax out. They're like, oh, well, let's do 20% before tax. And you're like, fuck you. Add the tax. Add the goddamn tax. Jesus. Good God. So, um, Owen's like, Annabelle hates techno. And Whitney's like, oh, she does? Because Whitney doesn't know her at all. And she's like, yep. And he's like, yeah. Um, She's very stubborn. What she's made up her mind. Totally honest. Totally opinionated. But I guess you already know that. And I think Whitney's. No, no, she wouldn't. Yeah. Whitney's like having this moment where she's like, wait. I don't know Annabelle like at all. I've been so wrapped up in like my own world. And we definitely start to see as these chapters progress. Like Whitney's like reaching out a little bit more. Yeah, I love. Love to yes. see. Yes, Whitney really has some growth. Yes, like some real character growth over the next couple of chapters, which I am really proud of her for. Very proud of her. Also, another fun T-shirt, even though it's probably his his work clothes, but still, a red T-shirt that said "Slice of Cheese." <laughs> Ooh, that also could be merch that we make. We could make like some of their job shirts. That could be. I know fun. we should. We should. We should. I'd, I'd rock that. Deep cuts for people in the know. Oh, yeah. So she's so Owen's really impressed. He's like, your sister's an Ebb Tide fan. She has imports, which like, what the hell does that mean? What does imports mean? So back in the day, 
I guess, when you were mostly listening to CDs, so you weren't getting as much music digitally. So it's, like, not as cool. That like, wouldn't be as big of a thing now. But, like, for instance, so I discussed the fact that my husband's big metal head. So a lot of these metal acts originate in Europe. Mm. And they're also get famous here now because, again, every like music's more global now because we have digital things. But back in the day, you'd like would have to if you had imports like CDs that were from like another country. So you know she has imports all the way from the UK or whatever. She he asked her I guess earlier in the in the uh, the uh, last page. He's like, oh, um, UK imports or somewhere else, and she's like UK I think. So like if someone I guess like was a bigger act over in Europe, they might have more CDs available there and, you know, vice versa, whatever, which I guess also would have been the same thing for certain acts that like hit it big in the States, maybe wouldn't have hit it as big over, you know, overseas certain times because they just like didn't have access to their record label. Didn't, you know, print copies or whatever to Germany or something. So maybe the Germans didn't know about certain music or whatever. It's so Are we all happy that it's digital now? (laughs) I know. Like, think about, like, we have unlimited music at our fingertips, like, at all times. Like, I... It's a crazy concept. And only, like, in our lifetime did that happen. Like, again, this book is old, but it's not that old. Like, this was too... I was in high school when this book came out. So in high school, yes, they have iPods, obviously, in this book. So, like, we're kind of getting into the Apple Music sphere. So things are kind of starting to get digital. Napster, obviously, had come out at this point. LimeWire was a thing. But, like, it wasn't a thing like it is now, like, where you could just access anything on streaming or YouTube or, you know, whatever. So, legally yeah, without lying. viruses legally yeah without viruses y'all don't know the struggles we went through it with LimeWire and such okay you don't know i mean sorry you know if you're a fellow millennial yeah sorry yeah. about that <laughs> <sighs> okay next page <laughs> oh so this is what she's asking here like do you talk to music with every person you deliver food to because now Whitney's like grab the pizza so it's Annabelle talking to him and he's like no but she asked what I was listening to and so she says that she's like oh he's like it's a bonding thing brings people together so she's like oh yeah me and your sister bond over music today too and he's like what and she's like at the mall at the Jenny Reef thing and so he's like Jenny Reef and she's like I love Jenny Reef she's much better than Ebb Tide <laughs> and so then he's like you know it's not even funny and so here she's like what happened to there being no right and wrong in music I asked him or does that not apply to teenage pop stars yeah Owen does it not but yeah this entire thing is funny this conversation if she's just like egging him on and being like Jenny Reef is better than your stupid techno that you like he's <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. highly offended Mm-hmm. and i love that delivery too of her being like oh yeah kind of like how it brought me and your sister and your mom together today yeah and he's like what <laughs> she the? just drops like, that he's like what oh man he must have been so happy when he saw her address come up on the delivery right. um yeah and then he calls her like what does he he calls her something kind of like aggressive a label whore, I think, which is like very 2006. No, he already called the other chick a label, his sister a label whore. Oh, but yeah, there is another whore thing. Where is it? Oh, um, oh, she's a publicity whore. That's what Jenny yeah. is. You know what? 
I'm going to let these pass because it's 2006 and we were really big about calling people like label whores and like, like that was like a big thing back then. Uh, But we were calling people whores and sluts for everything and for everything, for every little thing. And I don't know why. (laughs) I'm glad we've moved past that stage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Me too. What a weird time. The early aughts were, were, yeah. People were were either like something whores or they were posers or they were a whatever little slut and i like i do not know why that was such a thing but it really was it really was it really was oh yeah she's a publicity whore who has allowed her music if that's what you can call it to be hijacked and compromised in the name of materialism and big business i mean i can get what he's saying right but i don't agree sorry buddy I mean, yeah. I don't know what her music sounds like, but all music. I don't music. understand the concept of selling out and like the art world, right. but that is like such a thing. Like you start making indie movies and you go to the blockbusters and like you're a sellout. Or if you're a musician and you know, you're in like an indie record label and then you want to like get, you want to chart. And so you sign the big record label and they're like, you're a sellout. And it's like, it, that we all have to be because that's the world we live in like we all have bills to pay and like i don't think you need to suffer to make good art like you can right. you know be selling out stadiums and still be making good music like that doesn't make you a sellout it's a weird mm-hmm. concept but again this is a very early aughts like thought yeah. process i think yeah. was that like you had to be or you were a sellout or whatever so i don't agree yes. with ellen but coming from the time that he was written in, um, I understand why he thinks the way that he does. Yeah. This book is very of the time. Like, it's very yes. 2006 for sure. Yes. Um, so then he kind of like, he's like, I can't, just can't stand here and argue with you about music all night. And she's like, no. And he's like, no. However, if you want to continue this, this discussion some other time, I'd be more than happy to do so. And Annabelle hits him with a, like, Tuesday. And he says, sounds good. I'll see you then. So, bing, bang, boom. Annabelle's like, Tuesday, baby. We're going on a date. And he's like, absolutes. Yeah, they're they're very, yeah, things are progressing. Things very. are progressing. And, I, and Whitney is, like, hella confused and wants to know who this boy is, basically. She's, like, sitting there in the living room spying on them. <laughs> I know. And she's just like, who's that guy? And she's like, he goes to my school. We're friends. Friends, she repeated. Yeah. Whitney knows. She knows mm-hmm. that it's more than friends. <laughs> Sisters know, man. They know. They always know. They always know. That is very true. I have some good sister thoughts as we move forward through these chapters. But yeah. I'll save it for when we get there. But um. So yeah, so then of course Whitney again, I think realizing that she doesn't know anything, she's like, wait a minute, like you're friends with this guy, and I've never seen him before. And she knows of the people that Annabelle hung out with while she was like, you know, still paying attention before she got so wrapped up in in her own, you know, stuff going on. And so she's like, Is he friends with Sophie yeah. too? And again, because Annabelle's like getting used to telling the truth because she's been hanging out with Owen so much, she kind of just she gives the Cliff Notes version, but she's like, we don't really hang out these days. Sophie, no, he's not friends with her because Sophie and I, like, aren't really friends anymore. And she's like, you're not. No, what happened? And, you know, in her head, she's getting a little spiteful because, yeah, like, all of a sudden, Whitney cares. Like, she's been served up in her own stuff. 
And she's like, and, you know, so in her head, she's like, why do you care? But, you know, she decides not to get ugly. Um, she just says that they don't really talk. And again, so like I said, kind of gives, uh, you know, sort of a, a sanitized version of the story. But I was proud of her for opening up. Yeah. And I'm also proud of Whitney for, again, realizing like, oh, hey, wait a minute. I don't know my sister at all anymore. Maybe I should make an effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whitney's like starting to build her life back. And I really like seeing it. And part of it is like, this reaching out she's doing to Annabelle where she's like, so what's going on? They kind of have this like a little moment and then, you know, she, Whitney goes back to watching TV. Yeah. And then Annabelle's having this moment where she says that she's realizing that she doesn't really know Whitney that much either. And they're kind of starting to be like, okay, well let's like independently to themselves. They're like, well, let's maybe work on that. It looks like. But they just sit there yeah. together, baby steps, watching a show, watching a show about a stranger and all her secrets while keeping our own to ourselves as always. But I think we're starting to open up a little bit more. I think we're seeing baby steps. I think things are going to progress. Steps. Yeah. Baby steps. Yes. We love that. Hey, Rome wasn't built in a day, so we'll take baby steps for sure. For sure. So then the next morning, she's listening to his 7 a.m. show. I love that he kicks it off with a techno song, a techno song that went on for a full <laughs> eight and a half minutes, um, which is so funny. It's like he was doing that. You know, he's doing this stuff like he's giving he's her like, like a shout out. Yeah, he's trolling. Yeah. Her, but in a cute way. He knows. He knows that she listens, which is adorable. And I, I love that also she's like, you know. I was fully entitled to go back to sleep and yet somehow was not able to do so. And it's like, yeah, because you tell him that you listen and you know this is something you guys can talk about. This is Andrew reading Harry Potter to come up to you and be like, oh, like she knows if she listens to his show, they will talk about it. And that's an excuse to talk to him. So even though she listened to eight and a half minutes of a techno song that she hated, she's going to listen to the whole damn hour. You best believe. (laughs) And then at the end of the show, he says, we'll wrap up today with a long distance dedication to a regular listener to whom we say, look, don't be ashamed of the music you love, even if, in our humble opinion, it's not really music at all. We know why you really went to the mall yesterday. See you next week. And then he plays a Jenny Reef song, which Ooh, is so, so cute and just like, like that's so adorable. <laughs> It's just like he dedicated uh, a song to her. He basically dedicated this whole show to her. If you really think about mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and that is adorable. It just gives me little butterflies because they're so cute. And Ugh. she immediately calls him up to like yell at him, and she's like, she calls at the radio station, and he answers, and she's like, I didn't go to the mall to see Jenny Reef. I told you that yesterday. And so yes, are you not enjoying the song? And then she's like, actually, I said I am. It's better than just about everything else you played. Funny, I'm not joking. Um, I again, I can't say it enough. I absolutely love their banter. And then he asks her on a little breakfast date to mm-hmm. our favorite place, World of Waffles, and it's adorable. Ooh. And I'm really excited. And we might run into some other fan faves here. But first, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. First, she has to get picked up. Raleigh is there. Raleigh has to go to work afterwards. We kind of hear a little bit about Raleigh and how he got into this line of work, how he used to be a receptionist. And then 
he someone got injured i believe yes and so he says he got promoted but in owen's eyes he says he may have gotten demoted and (laughs) raleigh's very proud of the role of attacker so he's like attacking is much better than clerical work um so yeah so he's just kind of telling a little bit about that and how he has to go to work afterward and then they pull up to World of Waffles where they're explaining how they had to start doing double bacon because another they like never had competition, but then another breakfast place opened up like across the way. So they were trying to get people to come in. I love any man, like all my favorite couples, the boy takes her to World of Waffles. So I'd like to thank you, Wes, for taking Macy there. Thank you, Owen, for taking Annabelle there. Uh, I maybe I'll ask Mike to take me to Waffle House. I don't know. Probably not. It's kind of sketch, but <laughs> yeah, not quite. <laughs> but the same, I, <laughs> not quite the same. But I love that he invited her out to breakfast after listening to the show. And then yeah, on the bottom of page one ninety one, we have that she's you know getting in there, whatever. I pulled in tighter around me. Uh, okay, yes, here we go. Um, so she says behind us was a woman quietly nursing a baby, her head ducked down on our other side. There was a couple about our age eating waffles, both in running clothes. The girl had blonde hair and an elastic around her wrist while the guy was taller and darker. The bottom part of a tattoo just visible under his shirt sleeves. And I drew a little heart and I put Wes and Macy by it on that page because I was so happy to see them. I just like sat here in this moment and was like, just like took it in for a second. I was like, mm, Wes and Macy, we're seeing them again at the World of Waffles and we're reading about a new love and it's so exciting. Oh, there. Like that's their place and that's so cute and that they're clearly still running together. And then, yeah, this is where my mind goes, which I'm like, okay, so if this book came out in 2006 and the Truth Buffer book came out in 2004, that means two years later they're still dating. Oh, so cute. <laughs> so cute. I love and it makes it. me really happy. Me too. I love it so much. The Morning Cafe. So you know what we hate at this podcast? We hate spinnerbait and we hate the Morning yeah. Cafe. Screw you, Morning Cafe. You wish you were the world of waffles. Serious? Do you have waffle-scented pencils? I didn't think so. I bet not. So yeah, by default, y'all are lame. I didn't freaking think so. Okay. <laughs> Um, Rollick goes out to breakfast with them too, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, way to cock block Raleigh. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, come on, buddy. Uh, I'm sure you have to eat before work, but do it on your own. Go to McDonald's. Okay. Yeah. I understand that apparently y'all have some like running bet over this and Raleigh always has to pay, but it would have been nice if Owen was like, Hey, I just invited Annabelle out to breakfast, which I'm sure he talks about her all the time at the station. And Raleigh was like, oh man, I'll, I'll go. I'll just go get like a, a smoothie before work. I'll see y'all later. Bye. <laughs> that would have been nice of him, but it's fine. He's like the Bert of this novel. He is. He's very endearing. I actually really do like him. And I like this whole story about how he has to pay forever. And then Owen points out not yeah. forever, just until you talk to this girl. So yeah, there's this girl that he met and he didn't say anything. And so then they saw her again, or well, no, she, he met her at work and she like punched him square in the face and he fell in love with her, which again, to be clear, he works as an attacker. So she was meant to like punch him in the face and he fell in love with her, was very impressed by her right hook. And then they ran into her again a few months later and he didn't go talk to her. So Owen was like, he made this deal, like, hey, if you go talk to her, 
I'll buy you breakfast forever after the show. If not, you have to pay. So he has been paying ever since until he inevitably, hopefully, runs into this girl again and is able to talk to her. I wonder who she is. Have we seen her before? I I can't. And that's the thing. When I was reading the chapter, I was like, I feel like she might be someone that we have met before. But I, for the life of me, cannot remember. So I'm excited to find that out as we continue through this journey. <laughs> me too. So they eat their little breakfast and then they get back in the car. I really like how Raleigh like automatically is giving um, Annabelle the front seat. Like he's like, oh, no, yeah. I'll sit in the back. Like, don't worry about it. And she's like, okay, because that's her van. And... They drop uh, Raleigh off at work. Um, the place he works is called Empowerment, which I love. <laughs> That's a good name. He's like in all of his padding. So he's just like arms are like held out and he's like wobbling, which is such a funny image to think of. Like I picture him like the Stay Puff man. Just like. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. That's so funny. So then we she dri- he drives her home and he's like, have you listened to any of the CDs I burned from you? And she's like, yeah, I started the protest song one yesterday and I fell asleep. And she's like, you gave me a lot to listen to. And he's like, 10 CDs is not a lot. And she's like, "Um, that's like 140 songs, Owen, <laughs> please. And he says, like, if you want a real education, you can't just sit and wait for the music to come to you. You have to go to the music. And so here he's inviting her on a date to Bendo to see a band, a really good band next week. A band that maybe we might know. Sounds like a band that we're familiar with. If it's like two great shout outs in a span of a few pages. Okay. Sorry, y'all. My man's brought me some coffee because even though it is seven o'clock at night, on a Wednesday, I'm exhausted. Exhausted. Hmm. Um, but as I said, if it's if I don't remember, but if they're going to Bendo and it is Truth Squad, I might just start screaming. I might just start. Screaming. I mean, no spoilies, but prepare to scream if my memory serves me correct. <laughs> prepare to scream. Oh my God, that's so <laughs> I'm like 99.5 nine percent positive that that's who it is if i'm remembering correctly which i think i am because i also think i don't want you to scream too much but i think that if memory serves me correctly that there might be someone who's home from college at this show uh so we are getting another one of our faith couples are getting a little shout out in this novel so oh wait i you know no spoilies but that might be coming up that <laughs> is like the thing that made me that kept Dessen like in my memory for all these years is her the way that she brings her characters back. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole world. She's built a whole little Dessen universe, yeah. and I am obsessed with it. I yeah. just, I what an amazing idea! I love it like, so much. Forget the MCU. This is where it's at. Just kidding. The MCU is great too, but <laughs> this is better. <laughs> this is cool <laughs> as well. This is better. <laughs> Suck it, Marvel. Just kidding. <laughs> so yes we were driving home he's asking her on a date and he's talking about this band that he likes he's like saturday night we're going to bendo 
And yeah, I love everything about this. I love that they're most likely going to see True Squad. I love that it's at Pendo, which again is just like a nice callback. And mostly I love the fact that Owen straight up just asked her on a date, like super cash. And she super cash was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love that. And then they see Whitney because, again, glass house. They see her coming down the stairs and she's like checking on her herbs. Well, she's checking on her little plants. And so Annabelle's explaining that they're herbs. She just planted them. They're part of her therapy. And so Owen asks because, again, just, he's an honest person. And so he's like, you said she was sick. What's wrong if you don't mind my asking? And she, again, because Owen has kind of taught her honesty and she feels comfortable around him, lets him know that – she has an eating disorder and that, you know, she's a lot better than she was, but obviously she's still, you know, kind of peeling and, and going through it. And um, he says, you know, to her, like that must've been hard uh, watching her go through that. And I, I just like that acknowledgement because obviously again, like it's super hard on Whitney, obviously, obviously. but her parents have just been focused so much on Whitney and no one is ever like, Hey, that must be really hard to, to live with and to witness someone that you love and care about that much go through something like that. And it is like, it really is. I thankfully never had anyone that was super close to me go through an eating disorder, but a couple of my friends, like friends of my friends were, and I just remember, you know, them talking to me and being like, it's exhausting. Like, it's just so exhausting. And, like, you want them to get better. And, you know, there's just so many – only so many ways that you can ask someone who's sick like that to get better. Like, they have to determine yeah. that on their own. And it's really hard to to hang out with someone when they're like that. And also, you know, when they're healing, when they're going through that journey. So, um, yeah. yeah, I just really appreciated Owen kind of acknowledging her in this. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the first person to do that. And, you know, especially because like yeah. she's the one that found Whitney on the floor that night. Yes. It's, so it's like somebody needed to be like, hey, are you OK? Because nobody was really giving her that attention. But like so I, I had a best friend in high school who had a pretty severe eating disorder. Um, and it's like you don't want to think about like how it's affecting you because you're so worried about them and like you're so right wanting them to get better that you're not thinking like well what about me so she probably is like right you know she's like not even pushing it because she's like well it's kind of selfish for me to be like well what about me um but it is really hard to watch someone you love and care about go through something like that um I'm happy to say that my friend is doing so well now she's like really come yes. a long way but yeah you can't force people to get help like they mm -mm. They have to be the ones to decide to do it. And that can be a really hard road to go down and scary. Yeah. No, for for sure. For sure. This page here, page 198, when she's talking about Whitney and Kirsten, um, Kirsten, Kir I don't, I can never say her name. Kirsten. <laughs> I warned you all a couple episodes back, prepare for me to pronounce it differently, wrongly, pretty much every time. But she's talking about her sisters, and I mentioned before that I always really was drawn to Annabelle. I consider her one of my favorite characters in the Dustin verse. It's like her and Macy are probably my two faves. And one of the reasons I related to Annabelle is just because she is the youngest of three girls. But in this page where she discusses their personalities, she's like my sister Kirsten. Um, it's the total opposite. She volunteers too much information. 
Um, so you always know what she's thinking and Whitney is more private. And I was like, that literally is like my sisters, like <laughs> growing up, Megan, it was always like, Megan will tell you everything. Megan will tell you too much information. Like <laughs> she is not ashamed to tell you what she's thinking, what she's feeling to tell you about her poop. Like she does not care. Um, <laughs> Sarah is was always like the independent one like she was always oh independent Sarah oh caretaker Sarah like that was always kind of like her branded thing so she was more like private like she wasn't private like like I know my sister wasn't like Whitney in which like one day I was like oh my god I didn't know my sister like I always knew who my sister was but like she didn't overshare like Megan she was a little bit more reserved I guess in that sense and also like she kind of um yeah, like she was, like she said, like my parents were always like, oh, she's very independent. So, like, she could just, like, kind of take care of herself as opposed to, and I say this with love, Megan, because same, like, me and Megan, like, need someone to take care of. <laughs> like, we're like, I don't know. Like, like, in college, like, sometimes I needed to be reminded to eat. Again, not like an eating disorder way, just in, like, you know, growing up, it was like there was dinner time. Like, you got home from school, it was dinner time. And then in college, like, you make your own schedule. And I was like, did I ever eat dinner today? Like, I just, like, <laughs> wouldn't think about it, you know? Um, and that's a lot. Like, my my eldest sister, as opposed to Sarah, was like, here's my grocery list, and we go shopping, and da-da-da-da. And, like, she's just – she was always good at, like – like, she's a mom now, but she was always a mom, like, in my mind. Like, she always was good at that. And so I just always thought it was really funny – like reading this, you know, growing up, I was like, oh, like her eldest sister is just like my eldest sister in that aspect. And her middle sister is just like my middle sister in that aspect. And then what she says about herself, like Owen's like, so what does that make you? And she's like, I don't know. And I've always thought, I don't know. Like, I'm always like, what do people say about me? Like Sarah's the independent one. She's the funny one. Megan will tell you what she's thinking. I don't know where I fit in that, to be honest. And again, I'm not like saying my parents are nothing like her parents in this book. Like I have a very good relationship with my mom where I can be honest with her. If I wanted to quit modeling, I could have told my mom that growing <laughs> up. Um, my dad, as I've said, is awesome and is very hands-on. Unlike this dad who's very hands-off. But yeah, like I don't, I don't know how people describe me. Like, I mean, my parents have always said I'm creative. Like I've always been very like into reading and writing and all of that. We always joke around that, like, one day I'm going to write a book, a best-selling novel. I'm not. But, like, I don't know. Maybe Stanley didn't write his first comic until he was 40. It's not too late for me. So my dad and my mom always joke around, like, oh, we'll buy a beach house in North Carolina when I, like, write my first best-selling novel, you know, which authors don't make that much money. But that's not the point. (laughs) But, yeah. So I was always like, I don't – yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty – no one would ever say I'm quiet. Like, I'm a pretty talkative person. So I guess I'm I'm that. I don't – I don't know. So, yeah, so this page for me, like, really, really hits close to home because I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I am, but I can tell you what my sisters are. <laughs> I am the liberal. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Michael Andrews, the liberal of the family. Oh. Yep, I'm the liberal of the family. We are ready to dive. I think we're still in this same chapter. Where are we? <laughs> we're still in chapter 10. I don't even know. I think so. It is a long chapter, though, in fairness to us. We're both, like, so freaking out of it. We're like, so much. guys, listen. I'm so sorry. We're sorry. Okay. If if we got sponsored by Dr. Yeah. Pepper, we could quit our jobs and we could just do this and our podcast would be, like, top notch. But you know what it is? so coherent all the time, y'all. <laughs> We'd be so coherent. Like, this podcast would be banging if we were sponsored enough to not work. Yeah other jobs truly but alas bills have to be paid so we have to have full-time jobs 
on top of doing this and sometimes you get loopiness from it so i apologize yeah (laughs) yeah so we apologize so we're back in the car and they are sitting outside her house i believe chit-chatting oh we also didn't mention that it was very cold inside world of waffles yes so owen gave her his jacket and she just like walked in the house with it because she forgot and he didn't remind her i know so cute like she just waltzed on in and his jacket like the minute she walked in and was cold he was just like here's my jacket oh my god what a gentleman Mm -hmm. what a gentleman and then um she realizes that his iPod is in his pocket. So she's like kind of looking at it and she's like, oh. And then Whitney's like, Annabelle? She's like, you're up early. Uh, where were you? And she's like, oh, I went out to breakfast. Um, I'm just going to go start my homework. And then Whitney's kind of just standing there like staring at her like, okay, Whose jacket is that? What breakfast? It's like eight in the morning. Why do you smell so, like <laughs> Yeah. Why do you look why do you look in love? <laughs> um, so she has his iPod. Um, she's like looking at it and the phone rings and she's like, Oh, that must be Owen being like, give me my iPod back. But it was her mother, and when her mother calls, she does not give two single shits what's going on with Annabelle. She doesn't really ask how she's doing, Mm -hmm. but she does want to make sure Whitney's okay, and then talks to Whitney, and then hangs up after she's done talking to Whitney. Mm -hmm. So great check-in from mom. Thank you so much. Great work, mom. We're so proud of you. For that. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You have three daughters, don't forget. Just so you know, I'm not sure she's aware, but she does. She has three. Mm-hmm. She does. So then they decide they're going to eat spaghetti for dinner. And she goes back into her room. And she sits down on her bed. And she pulls out Owen's iPod once more. She says there were 9,987 songs to choose from. Which I feel like nowadays we all have like 9,000 right. songs in our But library. then he had like, he had to have an iPod that had like the highest storage probably to like have that. Yeah. And he had to buy all of that yeah. music. So that's impressive. Very expensive. So she goes to his playlists and we have some show playlists. We have some imported chants. And then what do we have? A playlist called Annabelle. Stop and it. And what's on it? Stop it. Uh, it is basically like every song that they like have discussed. Yes. Every song we'd ever talked or argued about listen- listed in careful order. The Mayan Chants from the first day he'd given me the ride. Thank You by Led Zeppelin from when I'd picked him up. Entirely too much techno. Every thrash <laughs> metal song. Even Jenny Reef. Even Jenny Reef. Oh my god. Also, Thank You, which is straight up a love song, just so everyone is clear, is on a playlist with her name on it. This is, like, I'm just sitting there, she was saying, like, she says, you know, all those days I wondered what he was listening to. So you're like, when does he add them? Like, they talk about it, and he, like, leaves lunch, is like, bloop, 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 like, on his way to the next period, you know, like, on his way to his next class. Like, I, y'all, 
swoon like this i just thought it was the most adorable adorable thing i know some people will be like uh creeper but like i think it's adorable (laughs) no i'm like giddy i'm straight up giddy i think this is so freaking cute i love it so much he is so in love with her and like you know gets her and he sees her yes oh my god destin seriously girl every single one is a win it's such a win he's like just bless him that's so sweet and Mm -hmm. everything about that is just i don't know i love it i love that he keeps track of all the songs that's so cute like that is so cute it's so cute so then she goes into the kitchen and monica's monica Wow. Wow. <laughs> Monica and Mallory. Whitney is like, is cooking. She's having, she's, she's struggling with the pasta, we'll say. She's struggling with the pasta. Yeah, this was a cute moment. She was like, gonna go run over to Owens real quick. And then she like sees that Whitney's struggling. And yeah. she's like, Mama, Mama, would you like me to stay and help? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, they're like eating the pasta and she compliments her on it. And she says, this is good. And when he acts like it's nothing, she's like, it's pasta. Like, it's easy. And so Annabelle's explaining like, no, like you can overcook it or undercook it. Like, it's it's hard to get it just right. And I love this little, again, there's another little baby step. They're taking some more baby steps to like build a, you know, relationship with each other. And to keep the baby steps going. Annabelle gives her like a little compliment. She's like, your herbs look good there. I mean, he's like, I guess, but now they just have to grow. So Annabelle's like, takes a bite of the pasta. She's like, this is perfect. And Whitney's like, um, it's pasta. It's not a big deal. And Annabelle's like, no, it is. It's actually kind of hard to cook it. Like you did a really good job. Thank like, thank you. And then Whitney says, thank you. And yeah, it's just like a really nice moment where they get to just kind of like sit together and talk to each other for like the first time in years like it's like amazing we love that oh my god we've only done one yeah. chapter mm-hmm. i was like oh my god are we still in the same chapter and then i realized yes yes we were we are just getting to chapter 11 now we're doing we're doing great we're doing a great job oh my god y'all it we're an hour and 15 minutes in just in case we cut a bunch of stuff out which right. we probably will um <laughs> i want you guys to know that at this moment when we're starting chapter 11 we've been recording for an hour and 13 minutes okay <laughs> oh. yes we're gonna we're gonna try to time ourselves through chapter 11 see if we can get there. a lot of good things happen in this chapter but but we'll see okay yeah, yeah yeah okay no more personal stories we're done with personal stories. No more personal stories. We are not going to go on any side tangents during chapter 11. We are sticking to the text. We're sticking to the text. Okay. Chapter 11. It's Annabelle. I had not even taken my finger off Owen's doorbell, but somehow Mallory was already on the other side. So she's at Owen's house to drop off his iPod and his jacket. And Mallory and her friends are there and they're doing a fashion show night where they're getting dressed up and taking model pictures. Mallory brings... Annabelle into her room where she has like tons of pictures of models hung up everywhere, including yeah, pictures of Annabelle. And Annabelle's looking at them like, you know, she like doesn't even recognize herself pretty much because she's like, you know, this was the cop cop commercial. Um, 
before the incident. So she's like, wow, like that's a different version of me, basically, um, which like relatable, definitely. And yeah, she's like, Mallory's like, well, what do you think? And she's like, truth be told, it was all completely overwhelming, even before she pulled me forward, pointing at one specific face. It was only after I moved closer that I realized it was mine. So um, Mallory is a little weirdo, but you know what? We love it. We love little weirdos. Yeah. Again, you will always know what a 13-year-old girl is into. Like they, yes, they make no mystery of it. And I respect that about them. Yes. So she's hanging out in Mallory's room. Mallory's like showing her everything. She's like, oh my gosh, you need to help us with this, whatever. And then Owen walks in and he's like, what are you doing here exactly? And (laughs) and, um, Annabelle responds, fashion is my life. You know that. Yeah, he's like, you came for this? Like, to help out with my dumb sister's, like, little fashion thing she's doing with her friends? And she's like, fashion is my life. Fashion is my life. They're so funny with each other. Like, y'all, they're so funny. They really are. And I love how they have, like, themes, like, daytime casual, workplace classy, evening elegant, fantasy engagement. And they, like, fight over them. I also love Mm -hmm. that. I underlined one of the ones they did in the last shoot. Wait, hold on. I got to find it because it is funny. Mallory was telling her about the last photo shoot they did when she was European flair. And so, of course, you know, Annabelle <laughs> has questions. She's like, European flair? And she's like, this is so funny to me. I wore a beret and a plaid skirt and posed with a loaf of French bread. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I like how posing with French bread and you're like, European flair. You know, I'm going to give her credit. Like. You know, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I love. I love. Honestly, I love Mallory in this chapter. Like, she is yes. probably like. You know, if I encountered her in real life, I'd probably be like, "Oh my god, oh, yeah. this, girl this girl is a lot." But to read about her is so funny. She's just so confident, and she like knows what she wants, and she does not care. She's like, "I am doing this fashion shoot in the middle of my house with my brother and his yeah. girlfriend." They put, like, a backdrop in front of the fireplace. Again, the dedication is top-notch. I respect it. And then they, like, the girls go down to the living room, and Owen's like, wow, this is quite a production. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Annabelle says this is quite a production. And this is when Owen kind of explains, like, these girls don't have any concept of thinking towards the middle, which is when you don't think in extremes, um you think in the middle which is something i definitely need to work on (laughs) and to to like understand this annabelle's like either i'm fantasy engagement or i'm nighttime formal (laughs) which i also thought was really funny but he's like it's dangerous to think like that because nothing is totally cut and dry unless apparently you're 13 yep and then we kind of find out too that Eleanor, one of Mallory's friends, like clearly has a little crush on yes. Owen, which is cute. And she gives him back his iPod, and then they kind of go downstairs. Oh no, she shows him the picture of yeah. herself. She's like, he's like, these pictures give me the creeps. And she's like, Well, at least you're not in them. And he goes up to the pictures of her and he says, It's strange. 
And she says, thanks a lot. And he said, no, I mean, you don't look like you or something. Yeah, I mean, you look familiar, but not like the same person at all. And she says, I sat there for a second, a little weirded out, because actually, this is how I felt, too. When I looked at the older ads I'd done, especially the cops, cops commercial, that girl was different from who I was now, more whole and unbroken and okay than the one I saw in the mirror these days. I just thought I was the only one who noticed. It's like, no, Owen sees you, but also that's like so sad. He sees you. Unbroken and He whole. knows the real you. Yeah. But she does say that like she's, you know, like she's kind of thinking of it in a negative light that like she doesn't feel like she looks herself like like that was the better version of her. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of saying, no, like you now is the better version of you, which yeah, it's nice. Like, you know. Oh, I wish you guys could see my like full on full body reactions to this because I just love them so much. Um, one thing I will say just really quick, just really quick. Last weekend or a couple weekends ago, I was talking to my friend about um, sexual assault and we were saying that it's incredibly sad because almost every woman you meet has a story about being sexually assaulted and it is so unfortunately true that it's like why is this something that brings all women together right. can we not do this anymore like yeah, could we have like a a nice fun thing that brings us all together and not that yeah. please that's why we all love taylor swift yeah. so much we're like we need taylor swift because without it all we have to bring us together is sexual yeah, assault it's like sad things yeah so yeah you can you go feeling like the person you were before your assault was like a whole version of yourself or an unbroken version of yourself like you know absolutely like very relatable but and very sad but he says yeah like now you look better i just think you're better now basically and she said but i realized She said, I wanted to ask him to explain further, to say what I was to him exactly. But then I realized maybe he just had. I already knew he thought of me as honest, direct, even funny. All things I never, I had never thought about myself. Who knew what else I could be? What kind of potential there was in the differences between that girl and the one he saw now? So many possibilities. And that's another thing, you know, after your sexual assault, you're still like a whole person. And like you are, you are a different person. You have to kind of like, you know, meet yourself again in a lot of ways. But there's still so much potential there's still so much worth you you know you're there's so much coming still that like don't give up because of this you're not defined by that experience and you're not defined by the person who did that to you like you are so much more and this was a very difficult couple chapters for me to read let's just say the next chapter (laughs) gets even more yeah well yeah. we'll get to that i i know we're gonna have some thoughts on that one so i will save it when we get to that but yeah it's it's a little rough and it's gonna kind of continue to stay rough for a little bit of this book but yeah but back to the the funness the fashion so show. <laughs> she said within an hour they had a meltdown because poor angela kept getting stuck with workplace casual or something oh workplace classy which is obviously the it's the worst one of course it is 100% the worst one 100% yeah Yeah. that's why nobody dresses like that anymore because it's 
boring. So <laughs> I love how Eleanor's like, Owen, are you ready for me? And she's like rolling around on the floor and shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know they're like, again, they're, I, I have been this 13 year old girl who's just like taking, used to like, have disposable cameras or whatever for like my birthday parties. And I look back at some of those photos and it's just like me and my friends like thinking that we were about like just being stupid and taking poses. But again, it's like you're a 13 year old girl. And like, again, like he's like such a good big brother figure that like he doesn't even like, you know, these girls are like kind of trying to flirt with him because he's like this cute older boy. And he's just like, okay. And I'm like, at one point he's like, oh no, I'm done. Like, I can't take these pictures. This is weird for me. Like you're children. And I just want to say thank you, Owen. I, I respect you for that for sure. But yeah, these girls are cracking me up in this one. And they have like their own little dressing room, which is the bathroom downstairs. And yeah, they're just, it's very funny. So yeah, now as Eleanor blew a kiss to the camera and to him, he looked appalled. <laughs> which I just think is, this whole thing is so funny. Yes, you know, he said now as Eleanor dropped to the floor and began to writhe toward him, her elbows clunking across the hardwood. I'm thinking we're about done here. (laughs) (laughs) So this is when Mallory's like, no, we have to get the group shots together. Let's do this. And Angela's still like really losing it. So the stylist, a.k.a. Annabelle's like, hey, come on, come with me to the dressing area. Let's get you like a new outfit. Let's make you look good. And she does. She gets her a cute little skirt and cute little top and some high heels. And Angela goes and changes. And while Angela's going to change and um, Annabelle's looking for the other shoe, Owen comes in and he's like, this is really nice of you to do. And she's like, well, you know, modeling can be an ugly business. And then they're standing in the door frame, you know, it's like one of those moments where it's like, you're so close. Oh and it's like, they're having such a moment. Like, they're the sparks are flying. Okay. The sparks are flying. And then he takes a little picture of her. Even though she's like, no, don't take a picture of me. Like, I hate that. And he does anyway. And <laughs> he says, nice. And she says, yeah. And he shows her the picture um, her hair was unbrushed, a few strands loose around my face. I had on no makeup and I wasn't and it wasn't my best angle. It also wasn't a bad picture. I moved in closer, studying my face, the faint light behind it. See, Owen said I could feel his shoulder against mine, his face only inches away as we both peered down at the image. That's what you look like. Stop it. Stop it. Stop right it. Now. Just stop it right now. This is so much. <sighs> so giddy this is just sweet and adorable and they're having such a real honest like a vulnerable moments and they are so close to each other yeah so and close. then the so close right there <gasps> his lips were right there soft on mine <gasps> and they finally get to have this like moment and then angela pops in she's like i'm ready for my shoes and then damn they- it angela god <laughs> Angela, can't you see that they're kissing? Leave them alone. They're having a moment. He just told they're her, like, this moment. is the real you. And they were about to kiss. Like, were kiss- their lips were pressed together. And Angela comes in for her freaking shoes. Ugh. 
And <sighs> but you know, this is this is it. Like they have basically kissed. Like it's out in the open now. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a <gasps> thing. It's a so, thing. It's very exciting. So then they finish up the thing, and then Owen basically is like, "No, you should definitely leave." You know. Things are about to get really dramatic. My mom's on her way home. It's going to be a problem. Like, just save yourself, basically. <laughs> and they they go towards each other slowly. Like, they want to try that kiss again. And Mallory runs out and ruins it. Fucking Mallory. Hands, Mallory. Uh, hands her a stack of printed out photographs from the day so that <laughs> she can have models hung up in her room, too. She's like, they're for your wall so you can look at me sometimes. And honestly, like... That's so cute. I, that is that's adorable. So cute. Like, it's, yeah, I'm into like that. Annabelle, I'm I'm very into that. Yeah, like Annabelle's like. I don't like that it happened in that idol. moment, but right, right. <laughs> yeah, Annabelle's like her idol, and so she's like, here, like you can look at me sometimes. And like, it's just very cute. I really liked that dynamic. Um. <sighs> but then, then she goes home. Yeah. She said the entire ride home, all I'd been able to think about was Owen's face coming closer to mine, how it felt when he'd kissed me, barely long enough to count, and yet still unforgettable. Ah! <sighs> I'm just giddy. I'm just giddy of like a little girl. I know. It's only going to get better for a minute, and then it gets painful. But we do get like some cute stuff in the next chapter. Yeah. <laughs> so... Whitney walks in and she's like, hey, is that, are, Annabelle, is that you? And she kind of comes in her room. Like, again, we're seeing Whitney, like, reaching out. She picks up the photos and she's looking at them. Um, And she's saying, yeah, she's like, my friend's little sister was having a modeling slumber party. Um, And they're just kind of, like, talking about the pictures, saying, like, you know, she's like, Whitney's like, oh, Mallory, it's like, sees a picture of Mallory. And she's like, oh, she's kind of cute. She has good eyes. And Annabelle's like, she would die if she heard you say that. <laughs> Can you imagine Mallory meeting Whitney? I can't. Oh, that would be, she would be beside herself for sure. For sure. For mm-hmm. sure. But then she says, Whitney's like, it must, she must have been thrilled you were there, a real life model. And Annabelle says, like, it was kind of weird for me, actually. And Whitney takes a pause and says, yeah, I know what you mean. And they kind of talk about how they never did stuff like that growing up because they had the real thing. Annabelle says it would have been more fun if we just did that instead of really modeling. And you can like yeah. kind of tell Whitney is like agreeing a little bit. And she's like, well, we'll never know, I guess. And then she leaves. But again, like this is a good conversation. They're like yes. cracking. They're cracking the little... I'm playing Zelda a lot right now, and there's, like, chunks of ice you have to, like, jump on a couple times to get through <laughs> to the treasure. And <laughs> and um, that's what they're doing. They're cracking that ice. They're cracking that ice. They've gotten, like, the first jump, and they're just, like, going to keep – and then they're going to get the treasure, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait for them to get the treasure, but I'm proud of them for at least cracking that ice right now to to find their way there. Yep. And then she ends up hanging um, the pictures up in her room of Mallory and her friends. And I thought that was really sweet. Just beautiful. 
And congratulations, everybody. We did that one in a little over 15 minutes. Yes. I'm so proud of us. Nailed it. That was, that might be a record for us. I don't know. We've probably done, there's like short chapters sometimes, like two page chapters that we can get through pretty quickly, but for a deep (laughs) chapter, I'm proud of us for that. And here we go, guys. Chapter 12. So this chapter gets really heavy. This chapter gets really kind of intense. It super triggered me for sure. So just everybody just take a moment. Take a deep breath. And then we're going to go into the chapter. We're doing it. Chapter 12. Here we go. Here we go. It starts out so promising. And then it gets really depressing. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It gets real heavy at the end. Um, so yeah, we start off. She's there at Coffs for the fitting uh, tomorrow for rehearsal. It's They're about to do the Lakeview uh, Fall Fashion Show, which, as we know, is the end-all, be-all big deal. And she um, gets a – so she's talking about, like, doing – you know, rehearsing for that. And then she gets sent from her sister the short film that she did. Um, so she talks mm-hmm. about how she's watching it, and she likes it. You know, she she's saying it starts off, and – it's this green, beautiful grass. It reminds her of the golf course that they live next to. It's like so green. It looks artificial. And she talks about the two girls and how, you know, one's blonde, looks about 13. The other brunette uh, was thinner and more slight, lacking a little bit behind, which, again, is clear. So sweet, um, Kirsten and Whitney. And then she says that, you know, of course, she ends up the, the darker, like the brunette-haired uh, girl ends up falling off her bike and they you know she ends up helping her on her handlebars and they like it's kind of intercut with all these different like scenes of the neighborhood and so she ends up telling her like yeah you know i watched it and i i liked it it was good but i was a bit confused and so she's like that yes perfect like that's the point like it's open to your interpretation and so she's like but you know what it means right and she's like well i know what it means for me but that you know that doesn't mean that that's going to be like everyone's interpretation so she was saying you know it's it's so bizarre um because her sister is the queen of of the overshare and now she's made this thing where she like doesn't want to explain it and she wants like other people to interpret it um but kirsten feels good because annabelle gave it a good review you know she's just hoping that everyone um that sees it on saturday at this film festival will like it as much as she did and so yeah so basically annabelle's just kind of explaining like well she's going to be on display at the fashion show her sister is going to be displaying her short film and then oh oh here's where she's talking about how whitney has kind of been like coming out of her shell a little bit more and she's kind of like hanging out with the family again um she said that you know she's been waking up a little bit earlier she hangs out in the living room a little bit more you know it started with like her door was always closed and it was ajar then it was open now she's like hanging out in shared spaces with the rest of the family so that's a good sign and then she says um, she's talking to Whitney and she's doing an assignment for her therapy where she has to write out two different histories, one of her life and then one of her eating disorder to kind of prove that like those are two separate entities. Like sometimes it's hard to remember her life before her eating disorder took over it. And they're talking about how, um, she like doesn't remember like certain things and this is when annabelle explains to her like she's she sees that she's on her 
11th year um she says yeah she'd written 11 there's nothing else on the page and so she's saying like oh like it must be kind of weird like it must be kind of hard to think you know year by year like that and when he's like yeah you know i like there's certain things i i like, can't remember and so of course because annabelle just watched this movie about her breaking her arm that year she lets her know like hey remember you fell off your bike you broke your arm that year and then all of a sudden she's like scribbling away on the page and Annabelle for a second is like, should I tell her? Should I tell her the reason I remember that is because I just watched um, Kirsten's short film or should I just let that lie? Because obviously they don't have a very good relationship with each other. They're still not on speaking terms and her and Whitney finally are kind of building a relationship. So I think she, you know, she's been breaking that ice. She wants the treasure and she's afraid. I think that if she mentions uh, Kirsten that it'll, you know it's like the she's so close to the to having a good relationship with her sister so she doesn't want to ruin it and she just kind of lets that one lie mm-hmm. yeah and one part here that she says that i like she's like so many versions of just one memory and yet none of them were right or wrong instead they were all pieces only when fitted together edge to edge could they even begin to tell the whole story which i really liked that as well i also am so curious like they've brought up a couple times now the fact that it was on her ninth birthday. This was on her ninth birthday. And I'm wondering, I mean, she hasn't shown any like bitterness toward this, but clearly I think Whitney kind of ended up taking over that day a little bit, which kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of dreamland with the whole, you know, mm. she left on her 16th birthday and it's like, you couldn't have done it, which again, I'm not blaming Whitney for ac- this clearly was an accident. She did not mean to break her arm. But I think it just is another great way that Sarah Dustin kind of shows that somehow Annabelle's always taking a backseat to Whitney or, you know, to her older sisters and how she doesn't often kind of get to come first. So I just think it's like another good way of like demonstrating that the fact that that was mentioned a couple of times that like, oh, yeah, that was on your birthday. And it's like, oh, yeah, I have a feeling that, you know, she says like, when she came home, her dad ended up like rushing them to the ER, and it's like, yeah, but the party was kind of was kind of over. Which again, yeah. it's not Whitney's fault; it's not anyone's fault. Yeah, obviously, if one of your kids has a broken arm, you're going to prioritize their health. But it's just like another great way of demonstrating kind of Annabelle's yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, how Annabelle's kind of like in the shadows; she's like the forgotten yeah. almost. Um, yeah, which is no fault of Whitney's. Like Whitney is going through right. stuff of her own but yeah it's like she just gets kind of forgotten they're just kind of like yeah take care of yourself kind of thing right exactly so then owen so then it's like the uh, the next day or something and owen pulls up next to her in the cop's parking lot and he's like get in Um, and he just basically showed up out of nowhere, but he's like, no, I saw you. I was at the light. I saw you. I had to come over. Um, so he pulls her into the car or she gets into the car and he cranks this music and it is loud and it is not her thing. And she does something unforgivable here where she Mm. covers her ears and big, big offense there. Ooh, girl. Mm -hmm. Big no, no. And Owen is like. (laughs) absolutely not so she's kind of trying to make it better she's like i'm really sorry well she didn't say i'm really sorry but she's like if by textured you mean unlistenable then i agree so they're kind of talking about like he's like it's not bad it's good like it's incredible and this is when annabelle says maybe in the car wash 
And then we get kind of this whole thing about how everything sounds better in the car wash because of the like, I totally get what she means. Like when I read this, I was like thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, like the car wash is like, it's like you're in space. It's a magical place. It is. I really like it. What is that term? Liminal, liminal spaces. It's like kind of, I feel like when you go into a car wash, it's, it's, it gives that vibe of one of those spaces. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. it. Yeah. So I also love like, right. that this is like an Annabelle, like Owen's thing is music, right? And he's obsessed with it or whatever. And like, this is a thing she's bringing to him about music that he's never thought of where she's like, everything tastes better in the car wash and tastes better. I said tastes better. <laughs> Sounds better <laughs> in the car wash. And I love that. Like, I love that this is another way that they're sharing music, but like, her thing I guess like that's Mm -hmm. I don't know that's cute it is really cute and she kind of talks about how like when she was when they were kids her mom would take her to this place one two three suds and she would always listen to classical music but it sounded really good in the uh, car wash and she talks about how she kind of continued doing this when she got her own car so they went to the they go to the car wash Yes. To go through. It. I do like this whole bit. This is like kind of a meaty paragraph, but this is just go like Sarah Dessen just absolutely being a beautiful, amazing writer. So I feel like it needs to be said. But this is like beautifully sums up her vibes about the car wash and everything. Sounds better. Not taste. <laughs> she says, There's just something about it. Driving into that dark bay, the water suddenly whooshing down like the biggest and most sudden thunderstorm ever. It would beat across the hood and trunk, pouring down the other side of your window, washing all the pollen and dust away. And if you closed your eyes, you could almost imagine you were floating along with it. It was eerie and incredible. And when you spoke, you always whispered, even if you didn't know why. More than anything, though, I remembered the music. And I just, that's so good. That's so good, Sarah. (laughs) so good beautiful absolutely gorgeous so they go into the car wash mm-hmm. there's no like, little sisters interrupt them now mm-hmm. so she's like you have to recline and so he does and she just like closes her eyes and she's just like totally vibing. And then when she opens her eyes, she realizes Owen is looking right at her. I'm literally, I have like, my stomach is doing like flip flops. I have like butterflies in my chest. So this is just like so cute. And he's like, so you're right. This is great. Seriously. And she's like, yeah, it is. And then <sighs> he kisses her. He kisses her. He kisses her. Oh, really, real really kissed me. Oh. And she couldn't hear anything, not the water, the music, or even my own heart, which had to be pounding. Instead, it was just silence, the very best kind, stretching out forever, or only a moment, and then it was over. <sighs> Love. It's, it's so <laughs> guys, cute. Guys. <laughs> I, I can't. Like, I, I just can't. I love the confidence of it. Like, he just goes right in, and he's like, here you go. Why was it my first kiss, like my first real kiss with a boyfriend in a car wash? Like, what? This is the cutest, sweetest thing. Stop it. <laughs> my first kiss was weird, but I feel like first kisses are supposed to be weird. But me and me and Andrew's first kiss was, I think about it all the time because it was like, pow, 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 pow. it was like fireworks. <laughs> I was like, 
I was like, ooh, this was supposed to be casual. <laughs> Looks like, like that's hmm, not what the situation is going to be. <laughs> nope. Oh, love. Guys, and hey, guys, guess what? They're getting married. <laughs> Next month. <laughs> love. We're all in our feelings right now. Oh, love. So they've kissed. <sighs> well, we're, we're it's in adorable. our feelings. We're in our feelings, it's, guys, uh, about it. And now they're all finished. They literally are like broken up because the person behind them in the car wash was like honking at them. They're like, oh, got to get out of the, heart, the car wash. And so she says, you know, everything sounds better. He says everything. And so, of course, they like get back to their banter. And he's like, I wonder, he said, now running a hand through his hair, if it works for techno. Nope. I said flatly, you're sure? Oh, yeah, I nodded. Positive. And then he's like, well, there's only one way. And he, like, turns around the building, like, circling, like he's going to go back. And he's like, we'll see. And, oh, it's so cute. Let's all just stay in these giddy feelings for, like, another second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about yeah. to get really, really heavy. <laughs> it's about to get really oh, dark. Like, We're about to go way downhill here. We're about to really bring down the vibe. And this is how this is, episode is going to end, is on the end of this chapter. So we were just like at a really yeah. good high, and now we're about to end it on oh, no, not a good... It's, but it's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. So yeah. It's so, present day. We're at the fashion show. Take it away. <laughs> we're at the fashion show. Um, the gossipy Miss Gossip Girl, Hillary, um is like did you hear she's like whispering to somebody named marnie right near right next to um annabelle i'm like here i go struggling through this fucking chapter <laughs> so she's like did you hear like there was a lot of drama last night at the party blah 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 and then right when they're talking about this emily walked in her arms were crossed over her chest her head ducked down her mom was with her um, her eyes were puffy and red and rimmed with dark circles. She looks like she really went through it. And then Hillary's like, I can't believe she showed up here. Marnie's like, why? What happened? And Hillary's like, she hooked up with Will Cash last night in his car and Sophie caught them. So you kind of know right away. Yep. Which the second that is said, yeah, like, you know that that's the story that's being told is clearly like not what really happened this kind of hits this hits her pretty hard she's like holy shit like it, it i guess it was crazy sophie obviously like flipped out and they're like oh my god poor sophie and it's like guys open your fucking eyes please but yeah seriously what are the odds that all of her friends are just hooking up with this guy like what are the actual odds of that like let's let's just stop and think about it for a minute and we have discussed this before in dreamland we were talking about like oh my god these people and teenagers as we said and i say this lovingly are dumb because you're supposed to be because you're a teenager and your brain is formulating and all that jazz but still i was like y'all open your eyes and of course annabelle hears this and instantly knows like yeah. what happened and yeah i just yeah where does she say here has it in the next page maybe where she's talking about how they were like getting flirty with each other 
And Annabelle's like, or he was making her nervous, like he was making her uncomfortable because she had discussed before how like she was very uncomfortable and nervous to be alone with him. And so, you know, they're gossiping about how, oh, yeah, Emily was like weird, acting weird around him. And again, Annabelle instantly realizes like what that was when everyone else thinks that it's like, oh, clearly they must have been flirting. And it's like, no, clearly that was not the case. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, it says right here, like. Emily, Sophie had been kind of suspected. Louise said that Sophie had kind of suspected something lately, like Emily had been flirting with him, always acting silly when he was around. And she says, yeah, silly, I thought, or just nervous. Because Will Mm -hmm. seems like a really fucking intense, weird, scary dude. Like, yeah, I mean, we all we've met men like this. We've encountered men like this. We know who this man is, you know, Hmm. Um. But yeah, they also take this moment to like take a dig at um, Annabelle where they're like, you're supposed to be best friends. I guess you can't trust anybody. And then she like turns and looks at them and they're staring directly at her. But one thing I will say that I love, and this is something Destin characters always do that I'm just like obsessed with. She just stares right back at them until they stop looking at her. Mm -hmm. And I just like... I, I would that. never be able to do that. I know. Like, what a age. badass move. No, absolutely not. Oh, yeah, definitely not at that age. So she's, like, kind of observing Emily. Emily is, like, obviously, you know, she's just been assaulted. She's fucked up. Um, so she's kind of telling herself, like, don't think about it. Like, she's like, I tried to study. I tried to think about Owen. I tried to think about our date tonight. But, like, I couldn't stop looking at Emily. I couldn't stop thinking about her. Um, so when they're in line, you know, they're still, she's like the professional. She walks down the aisle or walks down the, what the fuck is it called? It is aisle. Runway. 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 So she walks down the runway. Um, (laughs) I love how like a couple things in the audience. So, her parents are there. They're looking at her. They look proud. It's nice. Um, Mallory's there taking pictures of her, which I think is so cute and so funny. <laughs> and then Whitney is also there. She's like leaning against a planter. Yeah. She's like 50 feet away, but she's still watching. And she said, what surprised me more than this was the look on her face, which was so sad. It almost knocked the wind out of me. And hmm. there's so many layers to that. Probably, you know, sad for herself because she probably really can't go back to modeling because of her eating disorder. And um, or she's like, you know, looking at her thinking like that was the before me. I was doing this before my eating disorder. Same as right. Same as Annabelle is saying, like, before my assault, I was a different person. I think Whitney's also like, wow, before my eating disorder, you know, and Whitney has no idea that things aren't good. Yep. But on the one on the runway, her and Emily pass each other, and Emily they lock eyes. And she said she knew. I could tell with one glance, one look, one simple instant. It was in her eyes. Despite the thick make- makeup, they were still dark rimmed, haunted, and sad. Most of all, though, they were familiar. The fact that we were in front of hundreds of strangers changed nothing at all. I'd spent a summer with those same eyes, scared, lost, confused, staring back at me. I would have known them anywhere. She, earlier in the chapter too, well, she talks a little bit about the last couple of pages. Um, she talks about that summer, like how isolating it was for her and how 
I mean, still to this day, she hasn't been able to complain about it. And she mentions, I never thought that, like, it would hurt anyone but me by not, like, being honest about it, which, again, is, like, such a common thing that people do. Like, she, you know, and then as she's down the runway, she talks about, like, you know, um, it wasn't my job to save anyone anyway, especially since I hadn't been able to save myself, which is a really, like, that's just that sentence. But yeah, I think yeah. I think it's a very common thing. You know, we talk all the time with sexual assault that victims often blame themselves, but we don't think about the other ways in which they blame themselves. Like she is now blaming herself for something that happened to Emily, which is not her fault. And like, yes, it it is very important if you if you can to be able to come forward with something like that. But sometimes, again, you know, we, we've d- discussed it before. You were saying how it wasn't until you were talking to a friend much later that that even dawned on you. And that's such a common story, unfortunately. Like it's such a common thing. And, and we talk ourselves out of it. You know, we get home from a situation that we didn't feel good about. And we're like, well, no, but it was. And then you think about it days later and you're like, oh, no, that wasn't right. I didn't consent to that. That wasn't right, actually. But you don't think about it like that at the time. And so, again, I don't even know if Annabelle has fully rationalized like has fully completely come to grips with what has happened to her but now she knows that something has happened to emily and she of course is immediately putting on on herself and it's just it's not her fault like it's Mm -hmm. not it's there's only one person in the situation whose fault it is and his name is will cash um yeah but that is such a common thing to to feel like oh if i you know, what have said something. And it's just so sad that she said, like, I couldn't even save myself. Like, what makes me think that I could save anyone else or whatever? And, like, that's such a sad – like, the whole thing is just sad and shitty. And like we said before, like, the, it's just a really shitty thing that this is a thing that we as women have in common, that everyone has. You know, we – I think we probably discussed on the podcast before the Me Too movement. And while it was, it was great and liberating, it also was just so sad that, like yeah. – Every single person has a Me Too story. Every single woman that you know in your life has a Me Too story. And that's terrible. Like, why Why is that? Yeah. And, yeah, so I just thought the the kind of – the two times where she talked about that, that kind of guilt that crept up in this chapter just, like, really hit me really hard. Yeah. And then, yeah, just that end where she talks about, you know, like, I know that look. I That's, that's the look that I was carrying. Like, I know that feeling. And that's – yeah. And that's – it is. It's – such a sad thing to to know that and then to see it on someone else and just know that there's there is nothing you can do you know like I mean obviously you can be there for someone but yeah it's just it's a sad thing to to know to know that that's where we're at as yeah. women yeah. I don't know this is such a downer to end yeah. it on but we're gonna bring it up we're gonna bring up the mood in a minute but just it's a very important thing and again yeah. just like dreamland and just like we said like that such a hard book to get through um but it is so important to to talk about these things and to, to highlight these things um and sarah Dustin just does it so beautifully so beautifully and yeah like yeah just yeah in my feels yeah obviously the like guilt thing is is definitely what hit me about this as well because she says like yeah um she says like you know she feels responsible almost like it's like she feels responsible for what happened to Emily because she's like I could have stopped it or whatever and you know like that's not even necessarily true like even if you came forward yeah you know like the only person to at fault for a sexual assault is the person who did the sexual assault like 
-hmm. it's not the victim's fault like in any circumstance even if you have convinced yourself for years and years and years it is your fault like it's 100 percent not so anyway totally we're getting new taylor swift music coming up here yes <laughs> yeah let's bring yeah let's bring it back we're great yeah y'all we're at the heiress tour confetti is falling she's wearing that really awesome like coat pom-pom jacket mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's beautiful and the world is beautiful and yeah that's that's a good thing let's let's all think of three things that women have a great beautiful bond and that isn't sad stuff. One of them, again, I can't say all women, but a good chunk of us love Taylor Swift. And that's a beautiful, wonderful thing. Sarah Dessen. The fact that, yeah, like we said, Sarah Dessen, Sarah Dessen, we have that going for us. Mm -hmm. Like I said earlier, the fact that you always know what every 13-year-old girl is into, you cannot say that about men. Like, I don't, I don't know. Boys are like, I don't know what they're into, but I know what girls are into. They're loud and they're proud about it. And please keep being that way, ladies. That's awesome. Love your boy bands love your pop idols, love your, I don't know, anime, whatever it is that you're into, but love it. Love Sarah Dessen books and let us know about it because mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. And we love that and we respect that. Yeah. And check in with yourselves after this one, everyone. I hope Yeah, we're going to check in with ourselves. We're going to go hang out with our husbands and be happy um, or as happy as we can be. And yeah, so I hope everyone is doing okay, and thank you for joining us. Unfortunately, we are not out of the woods yet, Taylor. <laughs> um, <laughs> with the heavy stuff, we will be diving into more in the upcoming chapters. So there's also going to be really cute stuff, like Owen and Annabelle being adorable and car washes. And I'm dying to know. Please leave a comment on – either leave us a review on – you know, Apple Podcasts or something, letting us know what your like car wash song would be. Or if you have finished listening to this entire episode, please go back to our Instagram on the post that this is the episode. Leave us a comment. I want to know. I want to know what your car wash song would be. I'm taking bets now that my mother is the first person to comment. Well, <laughs> you will. Um, be. I'm excited to know. Is it an Ed Sheeran song? It's probably an Ed Sheeran <laughs> song. Good choice. So, mom, I'm with you. Um, Count on the day of Solar Concert. I'm very excited. Nashville baby but yeah so I'm excited to see what my mom's song is and what all of yours are so yeah yeah let us know I'm curious and we'll so I was gonna say we'll see y'all next time but this is an audio format we'll talk to y'all next time <laughs> we'll talk to y'all next time take care of yourselves <laughs>